This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. Welcome again to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants IT, specializing in the accounting industry. And with us today, Linda Artisani, who's the founder of Artisani Accounting and the co-founder of the Proper Trust, which some of you may remember Sarah from a couple months ago. It was it was a bit ago, but you know, full circle on things. But Linda, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. As you had dis- discussed with me before the meeting, it feels like a Wednesday to me, but you brought me back to earth. It is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. That this yeah. is happening. And so Linda, why don't you give the listeners a little background on um, you know, your, your past and what, what got you to this point? Sure. Uh, so I run two businesses um, and co-run one with Sarah Prevost, but we, um, I've been doing accounting for a really long time. I stopped counting, you know, when you get so old, you stop counting the years. I've kind of done that with my business. Started in 1999 and part-time that lasted less than a year and then full-time and generalist, mostly taking on any client I could, especially in the beginning worked two jobs. I had a full-time job working at a, an office park as a manager and did this at night when I came home. And then it got to be overwhelming. I was working till two in the morning. I couldn't keep up with the work. A lot of the clients back then, I would actually go get the work, but I would take it home. It was desktop and do the work and then bring the paperwork back to the office, small businesses. And I, I love small business. And then 2016, QuickBooks Connect, which we kind of touched upon when we were chatting. Uh, coming up this year, really excited about it. Sarah and I are going to be speaking there, talking about how to move your practice to working with mid-market clients, larger clients, which I think a lot of times, I think back in my career, starting with little small ones, it's kind of manageable and you get in this little comfy zone. But with the way technology is going, you're probably want to going to want to consider moving towards um, a larger firm because I wish I did it earlier, honestly. Uh, obviously, I wish I met Sarah earlier and was able to work with her because we were like uh, yin and yang and we just work so well together. But uh, having two people that can think and process things differently, and she's has her strengths, I have my strengths. They fortunately are different. So we kind of pull from each other and support each other, which is great. But working, we work exclusively with lawyers and attorneys and law firms and mid-market firms with multiple partners and compensation programs. And I think the fun part of our work is automating the heck out of their workflow. They're very antiquated in a lot of what they do. So we're able to hop in and say, what is this paper? What are you doing with all these papers and checks? Oh, I hate checks and you know all those kind of things. And we just step in and really smooth things out and 
they're always amazed. It's fun because we were able to come in to something that maybe took 11 clicks to do that now we're making it two or one click to do in there. Kind of like, wow, they didn't even know it existed, which is kind of cool. And then we become that advisor where they're asking us crazy questions you don't think of as accounting, but because we know things technologically, they'll come to us like, I need this app and it has nothing to do with what we do, but we'll help them or find somebody that can help them. So that's the fun part of what we do. Taking taking on those clients that have sort of these specific needs and like the larger they get. And we've run into this too, where like, you know, the the smaller firms, like one, two, three employees, where it's pretty much okay, there's a couple twists here and there, but for the most part, it's here is here's a box and probably 90, 95% will fall into into a lot of these things. But then the bigger they get, the more complex, and especially when you're dealing with antiquated systems and partners that have worked there for decades to say, here, we're going to change everything. And it's easy for me and you have to deal with it. So there's there's always that piece and the techie in me when I started, it was like, oh yeah, everyone loves change. <laughs> and it's no, like, no, pieces. Yeah, you've got to do it in pieces. So how do you kind of go about that conversation with the people that you work with that maybe have been doing it this way for a long time? And are they coming to you with, we need to find a solution or are, is it more of a, hey, we've been doing this and we noticed here's something that we could do to improve. A little of both. A lot of times, well, we heavily market. So we market to, we do data migration, which a lot of the accounting firms don't do or the bookkeepers don't do. So we have that working knowledge of some of the programs that are very, their desktop, their PC law, their, you know, um, once named Abacus. That tells you how old this program is, right? And uh, But they're really, they're really structured. You can't, accessing them online is, you have to go through a lot of leaps and hurdles. So they've probably already realized that maybe they're having a problem. Maybe their renewal is up and they're going to have to pay 20 grand to renew their desktop software. And it wasn't working that great before because they're not getting the metrics out. They're not getting the data that they need. They have a, it, a lot of them come with a GL baked in, but the GL isn't that great. It's not built for that. So they come to us like they want QuickBooks. They know they want QuickBooks. And we also have zero clients too, but majority of QuickBooks. So they want QuickBooks. They know they want it and they know the reporting in it. We use advanced. So we have a lot there that we can work with. We use reach reporting as an add-on because it's got this amazing flexibility to be able to take the data out of QuickBooks and work it so that we can get their compensation, or maybe they want to know profitability by attorney, profitability by matter. I mean, we have ways of working in the system and pulling that out. We can benchmark it. These are things that they don't even have a clue exist, or if they don't exist, they don't know how, they know they can't get it out of the software they're in. But then some of the software, when we get it out, get them out of it, I always kind of gauge the group and say, oh, who's the one? And you can always tell they got their hands crossed and they're like, they really don't want it. They're probably my age. It's been working. Why are we changing this? I thought we could ride this out. And then it's usually a younger partner that will come on board and then say, well, I can't look this up on my phone. They're very, you know, you do everything on your phone. It's your computer in your hand. And so now they're looking at a system and they're saying, I, I don't get this system. It doesn't make logical sense. It's not like all the online so when they start researching, because we market heavily, we use Clio, we use Lean Law, 
we try to look at, they'll try to come to us because they see the marketing and I do a lot of videos. So how to's and try to help people figure it out and what will work best for your firm, your practice area. And then once they come to us, that's when Sarah and I jump in and we'll explain the system. We have a system, we have phases of the job. We have a line in the sand. It's very clearly laid out. And this comes from all the years we've been doing it. Cause there's some, you know, the beginning was definitely not how we do it now, but it's a lot more structured. The training is done in smaller segments. Like we were talking about earlier about that short attention span, the same thing. You can't throw a whole new program and say, here's two hours here. We're going to go through the whole thing and then expect that person to sit back and go, Oh, now I get it. But when I figure out looking at the people that I think are going to get the program and the person that I think is going to be my difficult one, fast forward to when the training is complete and we're already starting to do that crossover month, that person that I thought was not going to get it totally gets it and is teaching the younger people how to do it. And I'm like, this is awesome because they're actually like, oh, no, no, that's not how you do it. This is what I figured out. And they took the time to learn all the training. And it's really, I love that part of it because it's not always who you think is going to be the harder one to pick it up. And we also, Sarah and I also have found that when we're done with a migration, we stay on for a billing cycle because billing is their big thing, right? Billing out to their client. And then we stay on with them through that, stay on with them a second cycle and then offer them ongoing support. So we're not just washing our hands of it when they're done. If they want to stay on with us, they do. If there's already a bookkeeper in place. And a lot of times what that leads to is that bookkeeper is probably an admin that they taught the bookkeeping skills to. And then they see what we, and we show them like, this is what you can get out of the system. And then they're like, you know what? We're not going to get rid of Joe, Mary, Susie, who's doing the accounting data work, but we want to hire you to stay on to do the more complex stuff. It's the stuff that we love to do. So we stay on board and you need that person in the office. A lot of times you need that you know, person that's in there and we just work with them. And it's been great. It's been working out really well. And we end up kind of teaching that person sometimes things that they didn't know. They were never hired. And a lot of these law firms, those people were hired as a paralegal or right. they're hired as a legal assistant. They weren't hired as a bookkeeper. They might've been the best one that ends up taking on that task. And then sometimes we just get that whole thing back at, by default because that paralegal is probably more valuable with what they could do for the firm billable hours. So why not have the paralegal do the par- paralegal work? We do the accounting work. We actually have like that same sort of um, thing internally of we keep the books reconciled every single week, bring it to the manager meeting and mm-hmm. have just a quick, here's what the numbers say. Are they in line with, with what we're looking for? And just like high level KPIs because <laughs> horror story ago we didn't do that and then it was like you know i'd look at the pnl every couple months and it wasn't reconciled my accountant just literally wasn't doing anything but i didn't know what i didn't know yes. and so it was just like it's like usually the bank account was going up and it's definitely not doing that anymore i have no idea what's going on like it was crazy how big we got this without even having like a clue. We were pretty fortunate, but mm. six years ago, now we got it all figured out. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry now. Now it's all figured out. Yeah, mm. everything's perfect now, which yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, the, the retention's way better and the value's higher. But uh, one of the things that you hit on there that I think is really, really overlooked, and this is a mistake that we had made internally and changed it for uh, the new batch of hires that we have. And I'm seeing 
the benefits of doing it this way where um, yours, yours is more of here is a new software and we're going to learn it in phases as it applies to the entire organization. So for us, just internally, we have a couple different softwares that we use for different functions. Here's the CRM that handles this and here's the the client management database where you can find this and here's the ticketing system. But like if you're in sales, you don't really need tickets Mm -hmm. and marketing has like its own marketing things it looks at. But so we had hired a new person and usually it's here's your 17 logins and yeah, I'll show you for a couple days how it goes and you'll figure it out eventually. And they do. I mean, you know, you do something long enough and eventually it starts to click somewhere along the way. But the approach we had taken on the, the more recent batches was you got this one thing. You will live in this one thing and all the other times where you need to access somewhere else. Just ask me. I'll look there and get you the answer until you have mastered this one piece and then build on top of that to where before you used to have to ask me where this was and I was just getting it to you. Now we're going to introduce here, this software does this. So instead of asking me for this piece, now you've unlocked the next phase and here's where you can get these other pieces, but getting the foundational here is how you do your job at its most basic level. And there's a million other things, but getting the foundation pieces and then building on it, I think is very, very valuable versus the here's everything and here's all the things that it can do. And you used to do it this way. Now you can do it that way. And here's something Mm -hmm. else you did. And now you do it that way. And actually understanding how, because each software has kind of got its own here is the core that you need to understand. And if you don't understand that core really well, then it's super overwhelming, super confusing, and no software is perfect. So you couple that with, here's something you need to know about this. Like If you don't type in a phone number without hyphens, or if you type in a phone number with hyphens, you're going to get a different customer. It's not going to make any sense. Everything's broken. If, if it has a period in the email address, we find out like five years later, it's like, if it's ny.rr.com, like you can't search for it that way. Like just these arbitrary little things, but Do you getting find that that's successful though, with the new people, did you find that that worked way better letting them learn the foundational pieces before you start to build on oh, it? A, a million, yeah. million percent. And it makes sense. And them learning like the nuances of just that one software. So for instance, just one of our things we use charge over for billing and it mm-hmm. it does um it does recurring billing, it does invoicing, it'll if a card gets declined, it'll reach out on our beh- behalf, give the customers portals to update their billing, all those things. So but for for an employee in sales, for instance, they have to know here's how you create a customer. Here's the proper way to create a customer. And if you put in their billing information here, then you process the payment and easy peasy, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. You do this enough times. Okay. Super easy, right? Now, and we actually just ran into this this morning with a guy who's been with us for three weeks. He's like, well, they want to do half on one card, 
for the one partner and then half on a checking account for the other partner. And so, you know, we talk and he's like, do I just create a new account? And I was like, well, think about it. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got this section of payment methods. You could put multiples in there, but remember I've told you if you just automatically click pay now, it's a trap. Mm -hmm. And so like, but putting those pieces together when he's just living in that one software is just yeah. building. So that's like, you know, your phase two that you talked about. Yeah. And it wasn't a crazy overwhelming thing. It was like, that makes sense because I have a foundational knowledge of how it works and I can build on top of that. And so it's it's a topic that I think is, it's sort of just brushed to the side of like, ah, yeah, you know, you Different people learn different ways, but there's kind of, I think it was like a, a Bruce Lee quote or something. Like, I don't fear the man that knows a million different punches. I fear the man that's done one punch a million times. Yeah. So kind of in that vein, which also ties into the niching. Yeah. Where, how did you guys come, come into lawyers? Was it just sort of a, we did enough of them and it seemed good? <laughs> it's funny because I always say that when I go to a conference, I get in the elevator and people go, what do you do for a living? And then I say, I'm an accountant. And you get this kind of like, oh, you poor thing. And then I say, and I work only with attorneys. And then they go, oh, you poor thing. And I'm like, no, 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 they're great people. And it's such a fun job. I mean, I love what we, you know, Sarah, I love what we do. We are like, sometimes we'll get a trust account that's like a mess. And we're like, we just roll up our sleeves and we figure out the patterns. There's always patterns and then figure it out. And we're always like high-fiving each other on Zoom that we figured it out. But um how it found me was I was at QuickBooks Connect 2016. And I can remember I was listening to Ron Baker and I was listening listening to how you can make more money. I think it was Sandra Levy listening to, that was kind of like their theme that year, why you should try to consider niching the firm, try to, uh, you know, is this not only a way to make more money, but also a way that you can standardize processes in your firm so I can get some good processes, my firm, my clients, my Staff doesn't need to learn multiple software. I don't need to figure out what apps. I'll figure out the right ones and then stick to it. And it became like that light bulb was was turned on on that day in in QuickBooks. And weirdly, Sarah and I were actually realizing we sat in the front row at one of the sessions together and we didn't know each other. And then we were in Seth David's mastermind group, 97 and up, and we ended up meeting each other there. And I had already made the decision to niche at one lawyer client. So you don't have to have a million clients in the, in the firm. And Seth actually helped me figure out, you know, he told me, grab your list, sort it by the type. It doesn't have to be a vertical either, but you can sort by the industry and then rate your clients one through five. One, you want to talk to, they're fabulous. You, you can't, you see the phone ring, you're in a hurry to answer it. Five, you're like, ugh, I'm not answering. So that made that easier. And then he told me I didn't have to pick. I didn't have to pick one. I could pick three. So that took a lot of pressure off me because I was like, oh, I love startups. And oh, I love working with real estate. Oh, I like working with attorneys. I love the professionalism of an attorney. I love the fact that they give me my data back right away. They're pretty recession proof. And those were all parts of figuring it out. And then it just kind of fell in place. And then I met Sarah because she got an opportunity to work with a mid-market firm. So our first mid-market firm she reached out to me because she couldn't do the work. It was like February when they reached out and there was a data migration. And she said, you want to do this with me? And I'm like, sure. And we got done doing that big project and we looked at each other and we want to do another one. Let's see if we can do another one. It just started from there. It was like the ball rolling down the snowball coming down the mountain and it just kept building. And we just kept loving working with each other. And 
figuring out processes and working together. And since then we've hired more people, we've got a staff, a US-based staff, a global staff, and we've got a pretty good system set up now that we're able to take on new work. And we're really want, this year we're really working towards, we don't want to not work on our business because Sarah and I say, if you're going to talk to a client and expect them to do things in their firm, we have to do it in our own firm. And one of the things we've been looking at is how can we make the client experience better? And it's one of the things I'm, I'm actually doing a conference for, for Alicio about client experience. So same kind of thing. How do you make the experience from the client's perspective? And I think of my mom who says, you know, always put yourself in the other person's shoes and see how they feel as they go through the process. So the same thing, how does your client feel during the experience of working with you and how can we be better? What can we do to support them better? What can we do to make the service better? All of that. So that's kind of where we're looking at because we know technology is going to start to take away some of the manual stuff. We need to figure out how to get to adding the services that are necessary to have a great firm growth and good financial strategies in place for the law firms. Working with one industry has really allowed us to view a ton of law firms and know what works, what doesn't work. We have a good insight on the industry, which has been probably the best benefit between that and then working mid-market, hands down, best. Like I don't even really want to even, we do have smaller firms, but for us, we're really loving that sweet spot of the mid-market because we love working with the different players, the different personalities, the different partners on the board and figuring out how to help them move forward. Wages are their biggest expense. So how do we help them figure it out? And one of the biggest things we've been tackling this year is because of the great resignation and the, and the fact that the, you know, the younger generations leave their jobs, they don't stay. The stat is like, one out of five stay generation Z stay more than a year or two years. It's incredible. How do we motivate these law firms that have old rules that they've abided by for, you know, since 1985 and how do we bring them to a place of understanding the needs of the people? If you really like your staff and you like, and you've invested in them, how do you keep them working for you? And it's not just money. They think it's money, but it's not always just money. There's a lot to do with hybrid offering of working from home some days. And I think that that's a tough to, discussion to have, but it's actually interesting to see how they, what they do when we advise them and what happens afterwards. It helps us figure out how to navigate and how we can, well, sometimes they just say, no, I don't think that's right. You're, you know, you're wrong about that. And then they come back a little bit later and then they're like, you know, let's go back into that conversation because they've had some staff turnover and it's expensive to switch staff around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people look at the cost of like providers or SaaS products, weigh the pros and cons. And it's like, you have the wrong hire for a month and that's going to cost more than all of that stuff. Yeah. For And then you go through the like the letting people go part. And then, you know, it's bad for morale when other people see other people getting let go. And, you know, there's, and one of the things that we've really focused on, and this isn't exactly the same, it's not going to be apples to apples for every industry, but in the past, whenever we were hitting capacity, we always just hired someone else to grow. And neither right nor wrong, but like you were saying, wages is the biggest expense. And I think 
most service industries, that's going to be the case. So, you know, it's the necessary evil. It's like, well, of course my wages are high. I have to have a lot of staff because I have a lot of work to do. This is a good indicator of growth, yada, yada, yada. And, but what we've discovered in the last couple of years, especially when we started niching to only working with like bookkeepers and accounting firms is that we can become more efficient at what we're doing. We can streamline and be able to take on a whole lot more work without having to increase our labor and not be hitting capacity. And it wasn't an issue of, well, we just got lucky because every one employee we have can do the work of three employees. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the secret is just hire people (laughs) that are just the hardest workers on earth and you don't have to worry about it. But we really focused on streamlining our process and just the numbers, the metric in the past, it was basically every 300, 350 active clients, we needed to hire another person in the tech department. And, and the clients, I mean to say users. So mm-hmm. if a firm had 10 people in it, that's 10 users. So up to 300, and then we need to hire someone else. So, you know, it's sour, sal, salary or hourly, mm-hmm. and then the benefits and then PTO. And then, okay, this person's sick. They can't work on every other Friday from noon to five. So we have to move things around and then they had this trip planned. So now everyone's scrambling all these things. And just this year, we've taken on 700 new firms and haven't had to grow our staff. And we're not at like a point of, God, you haven't increased the staff, but we need it. But we've streamlined the process. We've made it a lot more efficient, a lot more effective, which flip side, our client retention has gone up a whole lot because everything is streamlined. The clients know what to expect. My team is very, very efficient because like you said, you know, you you focus on uh, Clio and what was the other one you had mentioned? Lean Law. Lean Law. Yeah. And Lean Law. So when you have a focus on just a handful of products, and I mean, our clients are coming to us, but we know like Drake, ATX, mm-hmm. think QuickBooks, things like that, like the back of our hand. And we don't need to know the nuances of Clio anymore and things like that. Like we have tons of lawyer clients just from before we had niched, but streamlining and getting your processes down and really honing in what you do. Our profits with 11 full-time employees right now is comparable to when we had 50 full-time employees. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot easier to do. The clients are happier. There's less fires to put out. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows what to do, how to do it. And it's just made things a whole lot better. And like, I don't feel terrible if I golf. Like I still feel a little guilty, No, you shouldn't. but but (laughs) I don't feel terrible the way that I used to. Yeah. And I don't come back to fires or, you know, I'll get a message of this happened and here was the solution. That's part of, don't you think that you just mentioned a bunch of KPIs, client retention. I mean, these, these are things that you, you provide to a client that a lot of times I'm always surprised that they've never even thought about. And some have, some definitely have, but a lot of them are like, 
what will that get me? And then you start to talk about it and you start to put the numbers around it. And we had one attorney and I love what she said. She said something about when we were giving a report, she goes, I can't, I can't read that. I can't read that. I need the pictures because it's, I spend my whole day with words. I am not that number person that's going to look at a bunch of numbers. You throw that at me. It's just like, it, it blows my mind. And we started working with Fathom, which was included at the, that time inside of QuickBooks. And now we've moved on to reach and you can do a lot of that reporting just like that inside there's inside of QuickBooks with a lot of the revenue streams you can do. It's just funny how they, the way they work and they think you have to find that mindset, but what you just described had to take a lot of time to set up, but that's time well invested. Absolutely. Done. Yeah. I, we, we went from, it was approximately in the, the numbers were run in like 2019, but at that time we had about a 60 to 65% renewal year over year over year. And that's just what we knew. So get a hundred new clients and 65 are going to renew next year. And then of those, I'm cowboy math, 40 will renew the next year and 25 the next year. So, so on and so forth. And now we're at a 90 to 95% retention. So we are still, and the hardest part in most businesses is just getting people in the door. Mm-hmm. But now with a retention level that high, that's a 30% increase oh, yeah. in revenue doing nothing different. And the clients have a better experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just checks all the boxes, but if it doesn't sound sexy, right? Do you want to grow no. your, your revenue an extra? Uh, the clients you have, right? I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound that it does. It doesn't sound as exciting as marketing and get more clients, get more clients. But in the long run, it costs a lot of money to get a client in onboarding and all that. If you're retaining them, that is, that is your gold in your pocket, really. Yeah. It, it and I think people forget about that piece of it. So it, it is our job to help educate them into that kind of things because it's the world we live in. A lot of times when we work with our clients, they're like, you know, this is not what I do. And I'm like, yeah, and I can't stand in front of a judge and, you know, and do what you do. So that's why you have us. And it, usually they're very happy uh, with, with meeting with us and going through processes. And employee turnover is definitely a big one this year. And trying to maintain the staff you have, the staff you love, because it's really expensive to get another another employee after you've lost one. And like you mentioned, it can hurt morale if one leaves. And sometimes when one leaves, then they'll say, hey, I'm over here. You want you want, you want to come here because I have this or that here. Then you lose two or three and you don't want that to ever happen because it can really injure your their processes at their firm. So giving them that culture, you know, it's almost an overdone word now, but giving that feeling like you care. And we're seeing a lot of the firms are starting to do these events together, whether they're, if they are working locally, they'll go out and do these things together as team building. And I think that's a valid expense to put in the firm because at that time, you get to know the person, you get to know your staff personally. And you're not just that boss in the upper office, right? You're that, your person too. And they'll want to help you. And I think even with having them be involved, if you've got goals and targets in your firm, in our firm to get to, having the staff be part of some of that pieces of that, that you're working towards, if they're working towards helping retain clients and they're part of that workflow, they need to be part of it. And it's important to have them be part of it, not just dictating goals. And we want, you know, we want this or that. 
having them be part of the process is important that they're all working. We're all working towards the common goal. And if you can get that in your work balance in your office, I think you're doing great. Everybody wants to succeed and produce great product back and give the client what they want. It's not always about the P&L at the end of the day. Yeah. But at the same time, if you have a well-trained staff and everyone is in alignment, working towards a common goal, like you had mentioned, and everyone, kind of all the arrows are pointing in the same direction, mm-hmm. you're going to be more profitable. Just the amount of BS and headache that comes. And I mean, we I'd say one of my biggest faults is holding on to people for too long, hoping that things will change. And this is the first time in eight years where I haven't felt that way about anyone on the team, but it took eight years for, <laughs> for yeah. it to feel that way. But the keeping the staff that you have and improving them is so, you know, the, the quick, easy fix is get someone new, get someone new and the training that goes into that and the mistakes that a new person inevitably will make. I mean, that's just what happens when you're new at something, Mm -hmm. you will make mistakes. And frankly, some of the biggest issues that we've come across financially will come from a mistake that happens where, all right, the rest of the staff knows to avoid this, but however, in the 10,000 things that you need to know as a new employee, this one, you know, like for one example, we had a, um, a new person in tech and the client had reached out and said, after the onboarding, I'm experiencing this issue. And so just, we didn't have necessarily like the standard policy in place. It was just, they submitted a ticket. So you, you fix it. But this person's response was, I'm so sorry about that. We will issue a full refund as we stand behind our work. And it was like, it's like, I see where your head's at. And like, I, but the solution to this was just fix their problem. Like, it, <laughs> not give all their money. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I had to pay you guys to do all the work up to this point and all the licensing and and luckily, I mean, that one in particular, he was like, I don't want all my money back. I just want this fixed. And yeah. so we were just like, look, here's <laughs> moving forward. If someone has like an issue, <laughs> you just fix it for them. Like that's um, what we do is it's broken and you fix it. But things like that, for instance, where yeah. it's just like, how did you not know that? But it, it had never been told him. He hasn't made that mistake again. Mm-hmm. And now we're a little more when we're training texts, like, and just by the way, if you know, there's an issue, like the standard protocol has fixed the issue, get them happy, not throw them away. And then they still have the problem too, which gives them a bad experience. Like there's really no benefit. I think where he was at before though, that's just how they dealt with it. It was like a fortune 500 company where it was just like, you get rid of them, just give them a refund. We've got millions of other clients. So whatever, get them gone. Yeah. I want, I, gosh, I want to go on talking about this forever, but it's, you know, some of the the highlights we hit on, you know, having, having a, a team that's all in alignment, going in the same direction, servicing the mid-market clients instead of 
just the small, I can fit into a box. Not that there's wrong with it, but it's more exciting, right? On the, you know, to, to be able to stretch what your capabilities are and how you can really provide value and niching into firms, finding what works for you, getting those ideal clients. You know, there are so many things that, that we can hit on and that people can take away and really, you know, you could apply these at any time and it doesn't just apply to firms that are only dealing with lawyers or IT that only deals with accounts. Like anybody could take these principles and apply them. And I haven't met anyone just, and maybe it's because it didn't work out or maybe because it always works, but I haven't met anyone that's really like drawn a line in the sand and said like, we specialize with these types of people and really niched in and then later regretted it. Like we would get zero to three leads a week before the accountant switch and like the name tech for accountants, like we don't get too many chiropractors, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they're not that interested with, with our name. Right. But, but we get, we've gotten over a thousand leads in a single day of accountants opting in and hearing more. And it's like, this was a better, that single day was better than an entire year. So it's like, we wouldn't go backwards because it just, clients are happier. Employees are happier. Everybody, we have set processes. So I've really found, and it sounds like that's your experience too, that you focus on something, you do it well, your clients will be happier and happy clients leads to referrals leads to more opportunity and there's just really no downside to it other than it's scary to say what it's if hard, <laughs> making the pivot is hard you better make sure like i can remember marketing to all businesses and then i shut the funnel down and i remember being scared when the leads kind of dried up i didn't get the leads it takes a little bit of time once it starts happening i still remember that first one because i had some referrals come my way by Lean Law, and I worked really closely with the folks over there. And Jonathan Fishman is the CEO. He was like, I remember the first one that I got that was on my own from my work that I had done. I remember reaching out to him going, I got my first one. It was just exciting. It was like my first client. But I know my biggest fear when I made the decision was I'm going to be bored out of my mind. And the opposite is true. Oh, so I think interesting. Some people might be sitting there going, I really want to do lawyer you know, accounting all the time. Am I going to be bored? But I never thought about different practice areas, different different practice areas, different problems, different things to consider. Immigration firm is totally different than a state planning law firm. It's not boring. And I read the articles. I listen to their podcasts to learn about them. There's a lot of ways to get the experience because if you're with one client, I had one set of books to look at. And it wasn't until I got a few more that I kind of could look at the differences. But for sure, getting the knowledge and how do you get there? It, you, you have to do the legwork uh, and just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You switch back. It's worth yeah. going for it because you will be so best business decision. I've been doing this for like 23 years now. So I did the math. Best business decision I ever made after like partnering with Sarah is this, but by going niching and going directly to one industry it's made my, it's almost lit up my practice where I was kind of bored, bored going through the motions. And as a generalist, it's really sparked me. And I think that that's probably 
best thing about it. It's made it better. And you just solve other problems. Like what you just talked about solving all these ways of making the workflows work better. It's kind of fun. It's like a puzzle figuring it out. And once you figure it out, it's like almost like I could market this now to other people because yeah. you now know the system, right? You got the SOP already up here. You know how to make this work. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like so many times we'll be we'll be talking with a prospect and you know they'll be saying, well, you know, we're talking to some other IT companies and okay, sure. Yeah. And you know, say they do tax accounting because probably 99% of IT professionals wouldn't know that there's different sections of accounting, right? But it's like, oh, you do tax. Like, do you have a data security plans required to renew your PTIN? It's like, well, the other guys didn't talk about that. And it's like, because, yes. you know, these, these little nuanced things that are actually really important, we know these things because we don't focus on the general. And it's, it's almost backwards. It's like, why would you throw away all those other opportunities? And it's like, because you've got something that just works and it's fun. It, it, is. <laughs> it rejuvenated. I mean, years five and six for me were just even me, even four. Like there were a few years there where it was just go through the motions. Okay. Okay. Here's another fire. Okay. Put it out. Uh, <laughs> you know, it works. It works. Everyone's happy enough. And then, when we started digging in, it was like, this is actually really fun. And like you said, an immigration attorney is nothing like an estate planning attorney. And it's like the general public is like, lawyer, you're all the same. Yep, and not. it's not the case. And the fact that you know that and understand that and can communicate that makes you extremely valuable to your clients, which then increases your retention and everything is better. So Linda, yeah. <laughs> so squirrel brain back on track. <laughs> Where can people find more about, about you and proper trust? Um, I'm, well, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn and, and if you want to, most everything goes through Artisani accounting. So www.artisaniaccounting.com. Uh, you can certainly find me. I think I'm the only Linda Artisani out there with my name spelled the way it is. <laughs> and, um, Proper Trust, we have a website as well. And we also have the Accountants Law Lab. So if you're a person that's thinking about niching into the legal industry, we actually, Sarah and I have put together a program where you can mastermind with us every Friday. We do an hour and they can come on. We'll help them. We actually shut the cameras off and dove into clients' files to help people figure it out as they're trying to learn legal accounting. And it's been um, one of the more rewarding parts of what we do because we're helping other accountants understand what we've figured out. And that's been a lot of fun. So it's the accountantslawlab.com. And um, so we have lots of things that Sarah and I are doing. Lots awesome. of plates spinning. <laughs> yeah, but, lots of plates spinning. Yeah. But in that analogy, like the plates are from the same brand or, or something are. like that. <laughs> they, are, they, are. They, all, they all work in tandem with each other. Well, mm -hmm. Linda, thank you so much for being thank on the you. show. And everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. And be sure to like and share so we can grow the show. And have a great day, Linda. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.